You're listening to the SE Baptist Podcast. My name is John Jameson, serve team leader with the South Carolina Baptist Convention. The podcast you're listening to is from a breakout session recorded at Outside the Walls Conference. Outside the Walls is a one-day ministry and missions event held as an auxiliary conference in conjunction with South Carolina Baptist Convention's annual meeting. I hope you enjoy this breakout, and if there's any way our team can serve you or your church in the future, we'd love the opportunity to do so. One of my first childhood memories was when I was six years old. It's not a birthday party or an awesome, wildly expensive trip to Disney World. It's remembering my father trying to kill my mom and sister when I was six years old. After that day, my mom spent 11 very long days in the ICU. And rebuilding our lives after my father's incarceration was extremely difficult. Unfortunately, although I wish I could say otherwise, the story doesn't end there. My father served eight years of a 12-year prison sentence. And upon release, the violence didn't end with my family. He went on to remarry and abuse his next spouse, and he is currently serving a double life sentence today for killing his new wife's parents. But what I'm really here to talk to you all about today isn't my father's story at all. It's about what happened before he became that violent young man, how he witnessed his father take his mother's life, how there's a cycle of violence that goes down from generation to generation, and how I believe that cycle can and will be disrupted with the love of God. My name is Tiffany Crosby. I work as the Director of Mission Advancement at Jumpstart. If I had to summarize Jumpstart in a few sentences, I would say this. Jumpstart is a faith-based prison rehabilitation program that allows our participants to develop a firm foundation to build a new life on, to make the most of their second chances, and disrupt the cycle of violence for good. Now, in my story, I must confess, I felt a strange mixture of shock and, yes, a little bit of relief when I learned that my father had witnessed his father kill his mom. Because finally that light bulb moment happened and I realized what had happened, what his motivations were. I had the insight and the clarity that I needed. All I could think about after I learned my family history was how to prevent the cycle from continuing. As a result, I began to study the cycle of violence and the motivation that people have for committing a crime. I really didn't know how little old me fresh out of high school, starting college, can make a difference in the criminal justice system. I only knew that I owed it to myself and my future family to try. See, I know that without the faith and effort of trying, there can be no success. In other words, inaction was simply not an option for me. Throughout my journey, I realized that while there are many solutions to solving this massive issue of the cycle of violence, I was the most passionate about helping offenders stop offending and creating new victims. See, I knew that while punishment and correction were absolutely necessary, we must focus on rehabilitation as a society and not just incarceration to solve and disrupt the cycle of crime. See, at Jumpstart, we believe that with the right support, 
community and resources, we can stop generational cycles of violence. And let me tell you about how this worked out for one of our participants, Brian. Brian grew up on a farm in York, South Carolina, where his, his father was extremely abusive too. And by the time Brian was 10 years old, he had seen how abuse crippled his family to the point that his parents divorced. And when he was 23, Brian took someone's life and went on to serve in prison a year later. In prison, Brian heard about Jumpstart. And at first, like many, he was skeptical. He thought to himself, how could this program help someone like him? But then he figured, hey, what do I have to lose at this point? At Jumpstart, Brian learned of God's love and mercy. And he learned that he still cares for us despite the countless mistakes that we all make daily. He was able to open up and talk about the things that he had bottled up, all the negative emotions that he hadn't learned to deal with. And he felt a lightness and a freedom that he had never experienced before. Jumpstart also believes in discipleship, which is something that Brian learned in prison by becoming accountable to his roommate, who was also going through the program. I'm sure many of you have roommates, <laughs> although you might call them spouses or family members, and you know that it's extremely difficult to hide, from, hide anything from anyone that you're living with because they see you day in, day out, and they know what you're struggling with, and you, you can't really turn it off as easily as if it's your coworker or what have you. It's the same concept here, because Brian was able to share his struggles and doubts and fears and open up in a way that they were able to uplift and encourage one another as they leaned into their new identities as children of God. Finally, as Brian was released, he was able to live out our key principle of identity, grace, and forgiveness. I'm sure many of you have heard this before and you know it to be true, but the Bible says that your identity is found in Christ, which means your past, it doesn't define you. We believe in the power of God to transform both the hearts and the mindsets of people. And ultimately, it is the faith-based aspect of our program that makes us so unique. Because that is where the true transformation takes place. At Jumpstart, we provide reentry services to reduce the need to reoffend, while also encouraging our participants to lean into their new relationships with God, develop stronger relationships with Him, which diminishes the desire to reoffend. For Brian, Jumpstart provided him an opportunity to be productive while in prison. He served as an inside leader for 10 years. But most importantly, it allowed him to successfully reintegrate back into society, reconnect with family, and find that peace from his newfound relationship with God. By taking away both the need and the desire to reoffend, we are helping people achieve the lasting transformation that obliterates cycles of violence. The type of lasting transformation that allows me to stand here today in front of all of you and proudly proclaim that our program has a recidivism rate of only 4%. And for those of you who know the national average of 70%, those numbers are night and day. I can't help but imagine how differently my own father's life would have turned out to be had he participated in a program like ours, had he had that support system that is so desperately needed to change their lives. At Jumpstart, to put it simply, we see there is a need to help people. As stated by Brian Stevenson, 
Each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. Now, I want to say that again because I really, I really want you to hear me when I say it. Each of us is worth more than the worst thing we've ever done. I want misguided people like my grandfather and father to realize that the cycle is only perpetual if they allow it to be. That with the right resources, proper rehabilitation, and community support, that we can break the cycle and change their lives. So instead of continuing the cycle of violence that I witnessed, I now am helping others create a legacy full of freedom and second chances. And if you too want to be part of that legacy and create a new cycle of freedom and joy, then let's jumpstart our community of change and second chances. If you want to learn more about our program, and if you have additional questions, and you may want to learn more opportunities to partner with us, then see us in room 427. Thank you. guys, my name is Jimmy Braddock. I am associate pastor at Calvary Temple, Northeast Columbia, so thank you, John, for allowing an outsider to come in and be with you guys today. I also work with a group called Reboot Recovery, uh, dealing with overcoming and recovering from trauma. Uh, also serve as the pastor of Recovery Church, Columbia. While that's not what I'm going to talk about today, I would love to share. If anybody's interested in what Recovery Church is doing, we're a bridge between 12-step recovery and church so love to talk to you about that but what we want to talk about today is trauma um, and overcoming trauma the reality of trauma uh, I'm probably going to say a bunch of things that you guys already know but I do want to uh, just share with you the, uh, the importance of, of overcoming trauma trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience the term trauma can refer to not only the experience itself but also the effects or the aftermath Definition, the lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. So trauma, when viewed this way through both definitions, is not only the event, but it's also the aftermath, the effects. Trauma can be a significant one-time catastrophic event that leaves deep and lasting wounds, or it can be a series of less obvious or less visible experiences, but are no less painful. So there are a lot of football fans in the room. If we look at a professional quarterback, he may take a one-time bone-crushing hit that ends his career, but it may not be more harmful than the years of hit after hit after hit leading up to that point. Things like losing everything you own in a disaster, the unexpected death of a loved one, witnessing some horrific event, or maybe it's prolonged abuse or neglect or even assault by somebody that we should be able to trust. These are examples of major extreme examples of trauma and things like this leave us changed and wounded. I have this sort of working definition of trauma as this idea of us heading down a path that, that we envision and everything is going great and something comes into our life 
unexpectedly and without our permission and knocks us off course. It changes our trajectory. Most things that come at us uh, on a smaller scale, we can course correct or recover pretty quickly, but with major distressing events and experiences, it takes much more to get back on track. And the further we get away from that original path, the harder it is to get back on it without help. Too often in our efforts to minimize the pain, we write things off as being normal, a normal part of life. These things happen. We dismiss the, uh, the, the severity of it. In fact, one of our first default responses to trauma is that we deny. We deny the event ever happened. We deny the, the impact or the significance or the severity of it. We write it off as an acceptable, normal part of life. None of us is exempt from trials, crisis, tragedy, or trauma. These things are inevitable, but we don't have to view them as acceptable or normal. In fact, trauma has been a not normal but inevitable part of our world since the garden where sin entered and changed the trajectory of the good world that God had created. Trauma, the event, and trauma, the aftermath can be physical, emotional, mental, and most importantly, spiritual. A suicide attempt happens every 22 seconds in the United States. One life is lost to suicide every 11 minutes. And suicide is now the second leading cause of death among 18 to 39-year-olds. These are general population numbers, and when you look at groups like combat veterans, first responders, law enforcement, those numbers are, are much, much greater. Trauma is the root cause of suicide, and it's passing from generation to generation. Thanks for listening to the SC Baptist Podcast. This podcast is available because of the cooperative giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information about the South Carolina Baptist Convention, visit scbaptist.org.